got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars. Cause when it rains and it pours. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host, as always. And with me, I have a great guest uh, for us to do a little Q&A here, Reed Clements from Highway. We're going to talk about we're talk about freight tech. We're going to talk about safety and vetting and insurance and also double brokering. Everyone has a problem with double brokering right now. So we're going to talk about some tech solutions that eliminate double brokering. Uh, Reed and I worked together over at Freight Waves for a number of years, and he's over at Highway now with Jordan Graft. So, Reed, welcome welcome aboard here. Thank you, Kevin. I'm uh, I'm very happy to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you a little bit today. Yeah. How did you start out in freight? So, I uh, I started... Let me let me let me level set with you, Kevin. I'm not a smart man. I went to, I went to a state school, Middle Tennessee State. Um, go Blue Raiders. Um, right when I got out of college, I was one of those guys that had no idea what to do with my life. And, uh, I found a job opening at ComData, uh, which everyone in the industry knows ComData for the com checks. Um, and I had no idea what that was or what that meant. Uh, and I saw $15 an hour, uh, for a sales call center and I took the job, right? Um, like anyone else would. So I quickly got into the freight world on the, asset side, selling fuel cards to, to trucking companies, um, making 150 cold calls a day, just like, uh, just like any put that coffee down listener does. Those cold calls. I, I we all start out with the cold calls. It's all about we the graduate groups. from there. Yeah. Yeah. Calm data. So, you know, I always picture the, the, the checks, the, the checks coming through the truck stops. Yep. And, um, I, I know they do a lot of other things like fuel cards and, and things like that. But, uh, that, that, I think that sticks in a lot of our listeners ears are those, those checks that get printed out at the truck stops. Well, for payments, baby, that's what it's all about. It is. It is. So you started at FreightCom, then you went over to Freight Waves. Yep. When it was what, 2019? Yep. Started, started at Calm Data, went to Freight Waves after two years. Um, by pure luck, once again, because uh, I had no idea what Freightways was. 2019, uh, I, so I joined in January of 19, um, which is before Freightways made it really, really big. Um, and I just happened to be moving back to Chattanooga and needed a job once again. So I called some people in my network, stumbled into the Craig Fuller, the George Abernathy, the David Bradford, um, got the job by sheer luck alone. And then uh, was taught by some of the best in the entire business on what freight actually is, how brokers actually work, how asset-based companies actually work, how shippers actually ship freight. And I got uh, mentored by some of the best, um, you included. So so thank you. Well, that, that was a, I, I got mentored too. I mean, that was a great floor uh, before the, the pandemic in, in 2019, before it, it's now a studio. But we had, we were in there like sardines, right. like 80 or 90 of us in that room. And every day you just learned. I mean, it was just like by osmosis, just by being there. Uh, I, I learned so much in that, in, in those eight months, just being around everybody. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was a special time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had Michael Vincent talking freight futures and, and once again, state school guy, I didn't know what futures meant. So I had to, I was learning on the fly. <laughs> what is a future? So well, what's a freight future? And then I had Bragg and Nain, the VIP of Coyote at one point teaching me brokerage. And I had Michael Caney teaching me sales and brokerage. And 
and George, we all know there's so much there. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we were surrounded by top notch talent, making sure that, uh, what, what do we always say? Rising tides. Uh, we were, we were not being left behind. That's for sure. Well, you, you weren't, I was on the other side of the room with, uh, with JP and, uh, uh, Andrew Cox yeah. and Seth Holm, who we we're teaching transportation to, he was tre- teaching me the stock market, and um, and and every day it was just it was something else, you know. It was it was it was it was fun time. Twenty nineteen, especially it's a good time. It's a good time. So so freight waves is great because they they taught me everything from sales to to the industry that we're in, and all the time they put me on a pedestal for some reason, God knows why, to talk to every single company out there. So. Through my four years of good. freight waves, sling and sonar, I got to got to know people all over the industry and, and people I talk to every day still, and, and uh, created mentors across the board, friendships, and eventually that led me to Highway, um, where I just joined in December, and and so I'm on weeks week uh, I don't know what week I'm on, but I'm still the new guy here, and it's uh it's incredibly fun, and I'm surrounded by even more bright minds where. I know that there is no chance that I fail here because the people behind me are so, so, so good at what they do. So it's been great. They are. They're, they're very good at what they do. Uh, full disclaimer, I, I own some shares of, of Highway as well. So I, I'm a little biased my, myself. Um, but with that said, what is Highway? What does Highway do? I, I want to hear it from from your mouth because I couldn't articulate it as as well as you. Yeah, you so so – Hop into this elevator with me for my elevator pitch. And, and once again, new guy, I'm trying to trim it down. This is going to be the longest elevator you've been on in your life. So <laughs> Highway is modern day financial cybersecurity brought to the transportation industry. We do sourcing. We do vetting. We do onboarding. We do monitoring in perpetuity of carriers, um, fully automated. So where there's... Um, Little to no, absolutely no oversights needed. We create your rule sets bespoke to your brokerage. And if a carrier passes your rule set um, and they pass our identity engine to verify who they are, they have authority to haul freight on behalf of the carrier they say they're with and they have the equipment needed, then they go all the way through our firewall and get into your network for you, the broker, to be the marketplace that you have built and what you're so good at. We, we take on the full risk assessment, onboarding, everything associated with carrier vetting and carrier onboarding and let you broker be money motivated and, and handle that side of the, of, of the brokering story at that point. And I think a lot of the, the security and verification comes from the, the payment industry because that's where Jordan uh, started out with. And he's a banking background, payments background, and bringing that same sense of security and cybersecurity to who we're dealing with as freight brokers on the other side of the line. Right. Now, is this person I'm speaking to, do, are they even associated with this MC number? Because that's been a, a huge problem with, with fraud and, and double brokering as well, is it, verifying that the person I'm speaking to, are they a legitimate carrier? Are they a legitimate officer, agent of that carrier? Um, because we all see the, the the bulletins and the the, the news alerts. Whenever I was a freight broker, we we were always getting alerts from Truck Stop and Dat and TIA uh, about someone just using someone else's MC number. Which I mean, it's, it's not hard to steal the MC number because it's public information. All you have to do is call a freight broker and, and pose, and it was it was that easy. And you had a lot of fraud in the industry. No, you're you're absolutely right. And then today, 
anyone can be anybody. I mean, there's there's super popular TV shows about catfishing people. It, it's all about how can I fake who I am to get what I want at this point. And and we all we all hear the horror stories every single day, and we all fingers crossed this happened to us today. But people are faking who they are to grab the load and and steal it, or um, they keep it as a hostage load. Whatever they have to do to make more money, they're going to do it, and it's only getting worse in a loosening freight environment. Um, people are getting more and more desperate. They don't want to go under. They're doing whatever they can to, to stay afloat and highways preventing that in, in, in its entirety at this point. Yeah. One of the, the, the popular scams are, are, are posers, uh, you know, the double brokers, they're, they're getting a truck that they're having it delivered, taking payment from the freight broker and then stiffing the carry. Yes. And you see that that's one of the, the most popular scams out there. And who's responsible for that? Well, it comes back to uh, the the freight broker and the shipper, and they're and they're having to pay the original carrier and the and the other guy. They're paying double most of the time, paying two people, and they're paying double the cost originally uh, for the second load, the same load, the second time really, uh, and it's yeah. causing massive headaches. On one end, for the broker having to pay extra, on the second side or on the other side. The shipper who has no idea who's actually hauling their load and just wants to ensure the load gets there. Now they know that there's actually problems going on with their supply chain that they didn't originally know about. And now they're getting held hostage from from a carrier they never knew had their load to begin with. Yeah. And, and a carrier that was legit, or was, you know, they, they were legitimately delivering a load right. and they're getting stiffed on the payment. Right. Because they don't know what's going on either. Well, they were promised $5,000 for this 500 mile load, um, which, yeah. where, tell me where that is today. Um, but yeah. I, I know, I, I know it used to be fuel money too. Right. right? Everyone wanted to fuel vans and then they disappear. Uh, so, so you have all kinds of, and so it's, it's like the wild, wild west. Um, and, and you probably hear these stories every day on your demo calls, whenever you're talking to, to, to customers and prospects, right? All it takes is one, one problem with one load and you just lost your $10 million account. Um, yes, yeah, Absolutely. Especially when it comes to fraud, right, right, and the truck can be late. There can be other things, uh, but but if you get scammed, you are putting your book of business at a huge risk because the the trust is broken. The trust is point. broken. You had one job. The truck can be late. There can be a flat tire. Stuff happens. Be honest. Be straightforward about it. If fraud happens, you had one job and you failed it. You're done. Yes. Yeah, it's it's the, the the cardinal sin of being a broker is is being scammed, having that fraud, and and wringing that fraud out of the system is uh, an important thing. It's, it's something that that we've all been chasing for for quite a while, and it, and um and with Highway, I'm super impressed by by what you guys are doing, and and how you're you're actually being able to do that verification in that security aspect of it. Which is which is a challenge, right? Well, well, you're absolutely right, and, and it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. And I am by no means taking any credit for what what the team built, because once again, Jordan, Brennan, um, Brittany, Courtney, the, the the full squad, smarter than any mm-hmm. group of people I've ever met in my entire life. When I when we went to the Christmas party, um, I definitely knew that I'm low end of the totem pole with everyone in the room. So that was that was a whole different experience. That was fun, but. The fact that the fact that no one in the industry has taken the approach of verifying identity before a carrier gets into the network, it kind of astounded me 
honestly, it's the, it's the reason why I made the leap from freight waves to highway to begin with, because the problem was relevant. The solution was right there in people's faces and highway just made the solution. It, it, it's simple. Don't let them in the network mm-hmm. unless you have a verified uh, identity. So the, the identity engine is incredible, but it's all built off of the main pillar stone of equipment profiles. Who are you carrier? This is everything we can verify about a carrier without the carrier telling us this themselves, multiple data streams to verify that. You know all about that with, with carrier lists and becoming highway. Um, but it's all built off of what can we independently verify about a carrier uh, to test against an identity engine. Yeah, you have self-reported data versus uh, independently verified data from uh, a lot of different sources that, that can complete can can come up with a, a complete profile of that carrier. So once uh, when, once they come into their system, they're presented with that, and there you go. It's just like a just like a Rocket Mortgage or Experian or Credit Karma or um, Plaid. Like when I connect my Venmo to my bank account or essentially mm-hmm. any payment or anything, they're not asking me to tell them anything. They're challenging me to confirm my identity. It's the exact same uh, aspect in transportation. Challenge the carrier, find out, are they who they say they are? Do they have the authority to haul freight on behalf of the carrier they say they're with? And do they have the equipment necessary to actually haul this load? And if they can, if we can get those answers via these challenges, then we're guaranteeing you that there will not be a double broker event. There will not be fraud. They're not going to hold your old hostage. You're going to be good to go. You can't fake your way into it with, with the tech that the highway built. And when it comes to double brokering, you know, strictly double brokering, what um, what, what kind of fail safes or or, or 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 blocks? Can you walk me through a scenario of? of how it catches a a double broker. Yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, probably the easiest answer is there's no passwords in Highway. So when a carrier is trying to verify their identity, they're not just logging in, throwing in a username and password and and going forward. We do multi-factor authentication all the way across the board. First things first, uh, we're going to ask a carrier for their their email address. Has to be a company domain. If it's a Gmail or Yahoo uh, account, then we wouldn't be able to move forward with it. In those cases, we would ask for a cell phone number. If it's a cell phone number, it can't be a Google Voice. Uh, It can't be a VoIP number. It can't be a landline. It has to be a cell phone number. Um, Either way we go, whether it's the the email to the company domain or the cell phone number, we're going to send a code to them to verify whoever put that information in has to have that cell phone or access to that email account and get that code. Once they do that, that email and or cell phone is locked to that carrier profile that they are claimed to be with. So when I do a demo, I'll actually lock my cell phone number to a carrier to show um, I just added my number to a carrier. Now, if I were to try to go log in as any other carrier, I would fail immediately because my phone number is locked to that one carrier. Um, now we know carriers bounce around companies. Sometimes we can independently verify that once again, uh, if they ever jump. Um, but my phone number is now locked to a carrier. Now, the second phase of this is, um, do you have authority to haul freight on behalf of the carrier you say you're, um, you say you're authorized to haul freight for? And in doing so, um, we will collect the rest of your information. What's your email? What's your phone number? Verify that. Uh, and if you are not the FMCSA point of contact authorized to make decisions on behalf of your company, 
then we're going to send a code to that contact. So a second form of authentication a code's going to be sent out. You have to get that code. Either you are the person, so no problem, you get the code verified, mm -hmm. or you go get the code from that person. So if you are the FMCSA contact for the trucking company I want to haul freight for, Kellen, uh, I would get the code from you. I'm good to go. That would prove that I have authority to haul freight for you. But if I can't get the code from you, done. Can't, can't move forward at that point. So that's two-factor authentication. There's a whole series of challenges we can bubble up to a carrier. Uh, we actually have 80 different challenges. What's the majority of your of your fleets? Is it Kenworth? Is it Volvo? Uh, what about your trailers? Um, here's here's one of the VIN numbers associated with you. What's the year making model? I mean, there, there's a whole series of challenges we can bubble up here. The point here, the point I'm trying to make here, Kevin, is yeah. we create friction when friction is needed. If it if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So so we create friction when friction is needed, but it, we make a frictionless experience when, when there's a clear physical and digital footprint for a carrier. So it's very smooth and easy at that point. So when you say it's like a rocket mortgage or, or plaid or whatever, that, that makes sense now because, you know, a lot of the – the, the, the financial websites you go through now is like, you know, they ask you a series of questions, uh, you know, what addresses have you been affiliated exactly, with? Exactly, exactly. What's your, your father's age, I think, was was one of the, the last ones uh, I, I, I saw, right? Things that only you know. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times it's none of the above. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, it's it's a series of trap doors to catch you. Mm -hmm. That's that's the entire goal. I think they call it progressive profiling. Uh, once again, progressive. you got to remember who you're talking to here, but I think they call that progressive profiling and creating a series of trap doors to catch, catch the fraudsters, catch the people trying to act like there's someone who they're not. That's what we do. And that is, uh, I, you know, there's huge bills associated with that too, right? We're talking about paying for a load twice, right? And we were talking about the indirect cost of losing customer over it. Right huge right, right. But, but then you have the claim side you have you a lot of expenses sort of drag on a company's or a freight brokerage's bottom line you know time after time you know i mean claims is always are always going to be there but then you know when you're dealing with you know fraudsters then those claims are going to accelerate and you're going to have to put claims you know normal you know damages of goods and then throw in the, the the fraud on top of that, and with running such slim margins these days, it's it it really puts a drag on, and it's really accelerated over the last two or three years. I mean, it was always present, but over the last two or three years, I mean, it's it's just gotten really bad. Uh, you have Glendale, California, of course. Um, Freight waves reported on, on that quite a bit. That was an insane story. But you, double brokering has just become, over the last two or three years, a pandemic type of, of, of status. It's a problem. I, I think the last stat I heard was it's a $500 million per year problem for the brokerage industry, which is absolutely insane. And, and to your point, the last few years, it's gotten exponentially worse. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm spitballing here. It could be completely wrong. But... The last few years has been a pandemic. And what was the number one search topic in Google for the past three years? What was on every single um, article? What was on every single um, uh, financial um, 
what do you call it when, when they release their, their report? What's on every single financial uh, report? Their, their SEC. Yeah, exactly. Their it's it's supply chain problems, supply chain issues. Yes. This is the problem. Here's what's happening. It's supply chain. We all of a sudden transportation is in the spotlight for the first time in a long time, and people realize kind of ripe for the taking. How many how many times yeah. have you seen a cybersecurity threat knock out an entire company for a while? Um, when when something comes to the spotlight, so do the bad things. Um, so when supply chains got popular, people started thinking, hmm, are, is their cybersecurity up to par or can I fake my way into stealing money from this company? And, and once again, that's the Reed Columbus opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. But that's what seems to be happening. Well, it's been a wide open door in, in, in freight brokerage and in, in fraudulent transactions. It's just been a wide open door. There's been no real security involved in it. It's all been reactive traditionally, and it's it's become such a problem that it can't be ignored anymore. Right. And that there's solutions out there right? Right. That, that mimic the, the financial payments uh, industry and the financial industry that is, is for all intents and purposes, I, I think that industry is probably the most secure industry uh, when it comes to cybersecurity out there. Yeah, you will. You don't have many people in financial cybersecurity who are people looking at what was reported and then looking at a manual database and saying, well, that matches. Yep. That matches. Mm-hmm. Yep. That matches. Yep. That's not that's not a thing in, in finance, whereas in transportation, that's the norm. You have to have a team of people yep. manually checking a historical database versus what was just said to them, see if it matches, which was awesome. Believe you me, that's. And that was awesome in 2006, right? But but it's 2023 now. There's better ways to do this. You can automate everything. Let's 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 get better. Yeah, I mean the the, the source source information that, that almost everybody uses uh, still uses is still uh, you know it's, it's viable. It's, it used to be what the only thing out there is the FMCSA census right. file, right? Which is report self reported every two years, number of trucks, number of trailers, address, whatever. Um, twenty five dollars. You, you keep something active. Yeah. I, I've done it for my father, uh, renewing his USDOT number, and you can put whatever you want. Right. You can put you have a thousand trailers, right, and a thousand power units, yeah, and you have one, right, and and but there was no other source of information to go after to, to verify that and check it, which allowed fraud. To, to happen quite a bit, uh, and and knowing that from from making, I, you know, I've probably uh, not personally, of course, but my team and stuff. We, I mean, we probably made hundred thousand calls to trucking companies out of the FMCSA. Yeah, you, uh, over you of all people right? would know. You and your squad yeah. would know. Yeah, and and there's only one way to, to really verify it at that point was was just ask. You know, is your the FMCSA here says you have twenty three power units? Is that right? Yeah, that's that sounds about yeah. right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. You know, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do this and we'll do that. Cool. But there's no real real way to, to check. Well, how, how many trucks and, do you uh, need? Oh, you need a hundred. Yeah, I, know, I got a hundred right? trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got they're all in Texas today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and maybe they do have. 20 trucks and they have insurance on two of them, right? right? Or, or they did and they, they sold them and, and it's just never really captured by, by anybody. And um, that's always been in the FMCSA census file. I go on my little soapbox on that. It was never meant to be a business intelligence tool. Right. 
It's straight regulatory paperwork that was adopted because there was nothing else. And it, it became the Bible of of how many trucks are in the market, how many carriers there are. Because I, I, I hear this misquoted so much. It's like there's 500,000 carriers. Well, no, there's not. It's not even close to that. Right. There's about 250,000. Right. I, I forget what, what you guys have a monitor. And, you know, 90% or six trucks or less. Well, 90% of the MC numbers are, are six trucks or less. But if you're looking at trucks on the road, only about 15% of the trucks on the road are in that 90%. Right. Right. You have that mid market of, say, five to 500 trucks. They have about a third. And then uh, the enterprise fleets have about a third. If you, if you never heard that sound yeah, before. I, uh, I think you and I talked about that about a year ago, but I, I think you're the only person I ever talked to about this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and it's uh, until you dive into the numbers, you just, you, you have this, this warped sense. And, and a lot of people have this warped sense of, of whose trucks are really on the road. Right. And it's, it's kind of inverse when you talk about trucks and not MC numbers. Right. And a lot of MC numbers are active. Because once you buy it, once you have it, there's no incentive yeah. to, to get rid of it if you cease your operations or if you never even start your operations. Yeah. there's. I mean, we all know that. I mean, I guess we don't all know that. But there are people who just create MC numbers and store them. And then when a small carrier has too many reports on their mm-hmm. MC number, go buy that new MC number, bring your old equipment on to your new your new MC number. And, and I guess technically that's a chameleon carrier for people who know. But if you don't know, yep. then this this bad actor just got a brand new clean MC and they're back in business again. Um, that I, you're that. exactly right. Yeah. I, I like in a highway where, you know, one of the things I do like is like, you can, you, you can see this, right. You, you see someone has a, a brokerage and a carrier, both MC numbers and a residential house. And they have three active carrier MC numbers and two of them are conditional. One of them's never been inspected. Um, and you can see it really, really quick. Yeah. I, Let's talk about the sales process a little bit. Why do you like sales? I like talking to people. I like uh, I like getting into the weeds. I want to ask the hard question, but I have a I have a selfish desire for you to like me too. So I want to I want to talk to you and I want to win you over every single time. It makes it it's a uh, it's selfish. I want you to like me. I'm going to make you like me. It makes sales easy for me. What was the best piece of advice you ever got in, in the sales game? In the sales game. Um, no never means no. It means not right now. Um, people are going to tell you no all the time. Live with it. I played baseball in college, so I'm a I'm a product of failure, right? So you fail all the time in baseball. You fail all the time in sales. Just because they say no today doesn't mean it'll be a no tomorrow. Doesn't mean it'll be a no next month, next quarter, next year. Uh, some of the some of my most satisfying accounts have been the ones that I started in 2019 that I won last year. So um, that's part of it. Same, same. I mean, like the like the people who uh, who said no to me, or I, I won't say laughed or anything, but, but said no to me, and it's like no, no, no. And two, three years later, they, they become customers. Right. Those are always the, the, those, the are, those are by far you the know, best. They, they really are. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes you're just not doing your part of of um, of selling, yep. right? And, and sometimes the product's just not there yet. Right. It can be it can be any reason under the sun to say no. Um, but it's more often than not, it's just not every time, but more often than not, it's just a not right now. Let's talk later. Grow. But most of the time, it's no, not right now. Right. 
Uh, and those those firm no's, you shouldn't even be talking to them. Right. Anyway. If it's a, if it's a really firm no, it's a all right. Let me let me get better at what I do, and I'll talk to you in in two years. Uh, let me see if I can reopen this door. Exactly right. Uh, I mean, sometimes you know it's the um, I, I forget exactly what you call it, but you have the the you know the innovators, you have the early adopters, you have the the early majority, right? Then the late majority, and then people who just will never buy no matter what. You'll you'll love this callback. Yeah, dinosaurs. You'll love this callback. You have a uh, Richie Daigle. Um, ring, ring, ring. Yeah. Richie Daigle taught me about the law of diffusion of innovation, which is what That's, you just yes. said. Early adopters, yep. the guys who are going to make the most money because they bought early. And then you have the guys that everyone's hopping on on the train while it's going up. Then you get to the break-even point where the people who buy now are starting to make good money. And then you have the guys late to the party. Some people that we yep. sell to just love to be late to the party. They want everyone else to test it and make sure it works. Probably a good thing. They don't want to have their hearts broken again. Uh, and I get that. You're you're exactly right. And Richard Daigle, the the philosopher uh, of cells, you know, former co-host of Put That Coffee Down, mm-hmm. uh, he always gets it right when he's talking about that. And you're talking about the, on the way up. You know, the 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 further up you get, the less competitive advantage. Yep. Right, the early down here on on the innovator early adopters, that's where the competitive advantage, right? You have something that uh, your your competitors don't, and you can you can make sales off of. You get on the backside of that hill, the, off that peak, and it becomes table stakes. And it is fun on both sides as a salesperson, right? Yeah. Because it's it's fun getting it out there, and then it is fun once it becomes table stakes. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a must-have. It's the really You're easy. Be left behind. The really easy early days. The really easy final days, and then it's yeah. the grind here in the middle. The the, the exactly. roller coaster of your life. Of we are making incredible results with our customers who got on with us early. I need you. I need you to listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying here. I'm about to create more value than you can comprehend. Let's talk. Give me open the door back up for me. It's time. When you get on a call to you, do you, you know, from freight waves now highway, I mean, do you, do you, do you make a, a concentrated effort to classify who you're talking to into those stages of diffusion? To an extent, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm consciously making that effort, but I know subconsciously I'm always, what stage are we mm-hmm. at as a company? What stage is our product in? What kind of value are we bringing to people today versus the value we brought to the people six months ago? Um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm consciously thinking about that and trying to make a concerted effort to, to categorize people. But I know in the back of my mind I am. Like, 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 uh, like six months ago, selling sonar to brokerages, you're late. It's... People already yeah. done it. I, I hear the the stories of people who 100x their investment with Sonar because they got in early enough and knew what to do and when to do it, how to mitigate risk. Uh, six months ago, you were late to the party. If you haven't bought Sonar mm-hmm. yet, you're late still. Uh, whereas with Highway, you're early now. We, we're very mm-hmm. early stage. Um, we have 30 customers on our full suite of products and 180 on our on our base product and um if you get in now, you're early, and it's been really fun so far to see the early results. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, those early results are, are are important. I mean, because you can, you your ROI is, is much higher right now than is than, than it will be in three years yeah. for for either Sonar or Highway. Right. right? In, in three years, I mean, it's just going to be table stakes. If you don't have it, you are falling behind. So you mentioned a little bit ago. 
you know, your time at Freight Waves, getting to know a lot of people in the industry, going to conferences, of course, Freight Waves own conferences, knowing, having a big network, right? And some of that social media, some of that's in person, some of that's over the phone on demos, on, on video calls. Explain the power of knowing a lot of people instead of cold calling. You know, we all start out cold calling 150 times a day to, to build up that network, right? Yep. That network now has changed a bit for, for you, hasn't it? To, to where you can reach out to people uh, who you know. If you, you know, had a drink with at a conference and meet met face to face, right? It it changes the, the the nature of the cell, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think uh, some of some of my best friendships in the industry came from a came from a beer after 10 p.m. Uh, meeting somebody. So it, it definitely it definitely opens the doors. Going from 150 phone calls a day to an industry I've never heard of before to um, I, I'm always what, what's the saying about Kevin Bacon? You're always you're always Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's even closer in transportation. If if I wanted to talk to someone at any given company, at any given any given time, I am one text from one person away from talking to that person. It feels like at this point, just because the mentors I mentioned earlier um, from Freightways, from Highway, from my friends in the industry, somehow people like me. I don't know why, Kevin, but but I get supported by everybody for You're some likeable. reason. Uh, I told my wife. You force people to like. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but people like me for some reason. So people love to help me, and I'm not shy to to ask people questions, as you know. So so yeah. I feel like I'm I am one text away from opening the door anywhere I need to go to or anywhere I want to go to, uh, and I try to do that for other people too. If, if people use use me and anyone who listens use me as much as you want, I will get you to whoever you need to talk to. If I have a relationship, I can leverage for you. So. I think I think having those relationships, having those friendships in the industry is a game changing aspect as far as going to the next level in sales and leadership and attaining quota and making more money, hitting presidents club. You're not gonna get there on cold calls alone. You can. People do. I shouldn't say you can't, but it's well, that's where you start, right? right? You you start those cold calls and we're talking about no. No, not right now. Right. And oftentimes, I mean, I have a lot of people who said no to me, but they've introduced me. They've been a referral. I was just about to say that. The no, not right now is great, but what about your buddy? What about your friend over there at so-and-so? What yeah. do you think about him? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, you know, you develop relationships with people who've never bought from you, right. but, you know, they, they, they become your champion uh, on on for for people that they know. And it kind of grows out of that. Yeah. But that's where the, the cold calls, I mean, that's really the objective of the cold calls is get to that point. To where you know people, right? You know people. You can go and and text them. If I right? if I never and you can't do that, and I'll because I, I know I, you can't do that. If you go to a conference, you pay all this money to go to a conference, and you go to go to your hotel room at nine o'clock no. and um, and go to sleep. No, I think the best thing I was ever told, and and naturally I shamelessly stole it from a, a good friend of mine, and I use it all the time is. You will never remember the night you went to bed at 9 p.m. during a conference. But the night that you decided to go out and meet so-and-so at the bar and, and see where it took you, that's the night you're going to remember forever. And it could be the game-changing moment in your career. You you could meet so-and-so. Could. You could get this relationship. It could be the thing that changes everything forever for you. So don't go to bed at night. I've always had a, I've always had a motto, business is done in the bar. Yeah, absolutely right. 
made my my best connections in a bar. Absolutely right. And and it only takes one drink. If you don't even drink, yeah. it doesn't even take a drink really. You just have to be there, right? You just have be to there. be there. Get out of your. You can drink water. Talk. You can drink water. You can drink whatever you want. I think water has just to be there. Anyways. Be present. Yeah, I have to keep mm-hmm. my feminine figure in an ideal location. You know how it goes. I'm drinking water. I don't want to put those. No, I know. In there. You try, drinking water before you go to the gym with uh, Anthony Smith. That's right. And you guys. That's right. You know. We're in a, we're in a, we're in the middle of a physique competition right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to drink a beer next week and manifest. But I'm going to drink water. I'm going to be at the I'm going to be at the bar. I'm yep. not going to miss my opportunity. That's how it goes. Yeah, though. That's what, it, it really is. So you meet a lot of people, a lot of people throughout the industry at conferences, but you have to, to be at the events and, and really work through it. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, cannot be understated. I mean, the goal, the goal of sales, Kevin, and you know, this is to never make a cold call again. At some point, yep. you want to know enough people to where it's a it's a warm introduction. It's a it's an easy pass off. The doors open for you. You don't have to go knocking, and that that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's how salespeople become successful. That's when you build up your networks. That's that's the idea. No more cold calls because there's no way to have a cold call when it's always warm. Yep, that that is the goal. I mean that's that, that's where you start out and that's where you want to end. And and if you can end there, you can pretty well write your own income, right? You have a very good idea of what your commission check is going to be every single month because it's a system at that point. And it's a system that, that everyone uses and it's just how the world works. I hate to, I hate to do this to you, Kevin, but I'm going to have to disagree with you on one thing you just said. I, yeah. If I ever get to a point where my income is predictable, then I messed up because I'm a, I'm a forever optimist. There is never going to be a ceiling on my commission check. I'm always going to hope for well, more. Always, and, and I didn't mean it. I, I didn't mean it like that. No, I know what but you, mean. you you can you can forecast what you you're going to make. Forecast what you're going to make. You have a minimum yeah. you will make every time. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm not certainly would not say it's <laughs> capped. I, I would never think that mine is capped. Not you. Either. Not you. Not us. No. Not us. Here. Not us. Not us. But I can I can say well you know I have these these people I can talk to absolutely. Right, I know, and I know I can talk to. Him I know that this guy calls. knows this guy. He knows that guy, and that's how I'm going to get there. Um, yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, nothing's off the table. Nothing's off the table. But you can't always be. You can't always be a taker. You got to be a giver. Always got to oh, yeah. reciprocate. Make sure they know that you're thankful. Buy that guy that bottle of whiskey for helping you. To mm-hmm. do, do the thing. Be be the good solid person that you want someone to be yeah. to you. And have your book open too. Absolutely. Have your book open and introduce some people. With with respect to the end person whose information is being oh, yeah. shared, naturally. Yeah, you have to guard your contacts a little bit, right? Those are I mean, that, that's part of it too. You you're gonna set you're gonna you're gonna put two people in, in touch and and that prospect, right, is going to be someone who will find where you where you think they're gonna find value in what this other person Absolutely. has to say. Ear, and if not, right. then yeah. You're always listening. What are you looking for? How can I help you? Here's what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. If you can help me, how can we reciprocate? Yep. Patting each other on the back, making it worth each other's time in perpetuity. Yep. And it's very awkward in the beginning. Uh, it doesn't work all that well. No, you're right. It's, it's, you're right. It's, it's, but, but once you get all the cylinders firing, uh, there's not a better way to do it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Not a better way to do it. Okay. So I think that's all my questions uh i'll let you kind of take the take the end here you know and 
tell people how to contact you a little bit about highway, whatever you want to talk about. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, Kevin. I'll, I'll take my, my two minutes of the, of the microphone here and run with it. Um, if you want to talk to me about anything under the sun, I'm happy to talk to you. If you want to talk about highway specifically though, uh, my email is read at gohighway.com and that's the proper spelling of read, which is R E I D. Um, at gohighway.com. If you want to shoot me an email, my LinkedIn is Reed Clements. I'm wearing a black t-shirt. looks really, really, really cool. It's the highway way. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Reed Clements. Um, I'm happy to talk about anything. If you want to use me for an introduction, I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, if you want me to use you for an introduction, I'm happy to do that to you. Um, so I'm happy to talk about anything. Uh, if it's work-related, highway, if you want to talk sourcing, for carriers, if you want to talk carrier sourcing, if you want to talk carrier vetting, if you want to talk onboarding or monitoring in perpetuity, if you want to talk insurance, if you want to talk mitigating risk, setting a company-wide risk assessment and threshold for how carriers can get in to your network. I'm always happy to talk about that, bringing today's security protocols to 2023 instead of 2000 and late, uh, and, and getting on the same page there. So happy to talk work, happy to talk uh, anything else, I'll be at Manifest, I'll be at TIA, I'll be everywhere else. Uh, I'm happy to come to you, especially if you're in like Palm Springs or like San Diego. Ask me to come out <laughs> for a visit and I'll be there. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. That's Reed. Thank you for having awesome. me here, Kevin. Oh, anytime. Anytime. It's It's, it's been great. Uh, I, we've known each other for years now, which is, which is always weird. Always weird. You know? Always weird. It kind of is, you know, I mean, we've known each other four or five years now, yeah. which is, which, you know, from, from 2019, from those, those early days in freight waves where everyone's out on the floor learning from each other. And it's, it's always great to catch up with you, see how you're doing. And, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it for this, put that coffee down. Uh, you can go follow us, subscribe, whatever it's called these days, give us some stores, rate us, comments, uh, anything that you can do, that'd be great. Um, but until the next episode, take care and make some margin. No, you don't. Here I come. No, you don't.